there's just so much knowledge going around and it's so cool to see this and to still keep yourself grounded knowing I'm going at my own pace. Yeah. I'll get where I want to go when I get there. From Chispa House, this is Creative First, the show about the spark of creative leaders and how they discover their passions, what inspires their work ethic, and the journey of getting paid to do what they love the most. I'm your host, Kelsey Cochran, and this week our guest is Conrad Golabak. He is a Miami-born cinematographer and DP now living in LA. He's done some great client work for brands like San Pellegrino, Audi, Barbie, and he's filmed some amazing short feature films with some professional athletes for the Adidas' Players' Tribune. Um, He's so enthusiastic and energetic, and I can just tell how much he loves what he does, which I think is every creative's dream. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear his story and his perspective. So let's get into it. a really exciting guest. His name is Conrad and he is a Los Angeles based cinematographer and photographer but you were born in Miami, Florida um, and you've worked with a plethora of what I consider to be pretty big clients like NFL, Adidas, Amazon, the list goes on. I won't get into it right now because we're going to talk about it a little bit later but welcome. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's a real pleasure to be here. All right so I'm really excited to talk about your commercial work, but I want to talk about your background a little bit first. Okay. Starting with, you know, how did you first get into filmmaking, into cinematography? Walk me a little bit through your journey. So I kind of like with most people when it comes to cameras, I got involved with cameras in a stills world first. So I remember when I was a little kid, my mother actually gave me a, uh, must have been an old Nikon SLR shooting on film. And she would have me go out into the backyard and just kind of, she would send me with a notebook and my camera and to just write down all the settings of every photograph I would take. And I would kind of learn how to operate a camera this way. Of course, I still remember actually the first role that I ever did this with, and I had a whole notebook film that turns out that I never loaded the film right, so I never had any (laughs) photographs to come out of it. But it was a cool learning lesson. And I just, I mean, I must have been about 12, 13 at this time, and I just loved cameras. I just loved the possibility of what you can do with it and how you can capture moments whether it be something that's completely out of your control or something that you can completely manipulate from your own mind. And I thought that that was so cool. Mm -hmm. From there, it kind of became a thing where in high school, uh, growing up in in Central Florida, uh, any kind of project we ever had in any of these classes that would be a, you know, some kind of visual medium, I would jump on it. So I remember doing things for history classes that would be like these documentaries where we would rip footage from YouTube and then do like voiceovers over it and stuff like that, just to kind of orchestrate and create these stories much better than typing out a paper because I don't have the patience to sit there and type five pages of stuff that I wasn't that interested in. But if you let me rip it off of YouTube and then put some voiceover over it, I was there for it. So it kind of went from there. And then I went off to college uh, and then I studied film in college where I kind of, you know, learned some more through that and then started meeting people in a community and that kind of then set me off on my way. Once you graduated from college, did you move mm-hmm. immediately out to LA? Yeah, Yeah. no. So I, I moved out to, I was in New York for a long time. I was in New York for about five, six years. And I had an internship that turned into a full-time position at a uh, commercial production company in Brooklyn, New York. And I learned so much. Like film school is great because film school throws a bunch of concepts at you that you're still a kid when you're looking at them and you're, and you're looking at all this stuff and you're, and you're learning about films and you're learning about directors and you're learning about how to story structure 
and you're learning about these broad concepts. And then the real world just comes and just like throws it in your face. And you're like, here's a set. And then that's a client. And then that guy's paying a lot of money to get this done. And you're just kind of like, oh, okay, this is, this is a lot faster. We're doing this in one day where I had a semester before to figure this out. So yeah, so I was working for this production company and it was just, it was like a baptism by fire kind of thing. You know, I just learned so much in such a short amount of time that that really helped to kind of then set me off into like a freelance kind of world, you know, and then work my way up through that ladder of, of working in freelance. I know out in LA, especially like cinematography and filmmaking is so competitive. There are mm-hmm. creative people left and right and everyone is competing for the same spots on the same sets. What has motivated you to be like, yes, I'm meant to be here. I'm meant to be on these sets. It's, it, it's a great question and it's tough because it is something especially in like the social media age, you know, we see so many content creators and shooters and DPs and photographers all the time. We're constantly inundated with so much just like great stuff. And it's it's tough. And it's tough to kind of like set that balance in your mind that I'm going at my pace. And there's no reason for me to look, you know, to, to use like a photographer, like, there's no reason for me to think like I'm Chris Picard or I should be Chris Picard at my age. He did things his way. He got to where he was by doing his own path. Mm-hmm. So even out here in this kind of world where, you know, it's, it's a ton of people all trying to do a lot of the same thing. At the same time, that's also like a, like a gluttony of choice. Like you've got a lot of people then around you that want to create at the same time. And what's been so great about it is that Throughout this time, you know, and working with clients and stuff, I've been able to build tremendous crews and like build with these people that have such like impeccable experience. Like I I had a, I have a gaffer that I use all the time. That was one of the, uh, that he worked on Westworld and I'm shooting and I'm shooting commercial pieces. Right. So it's a totally different world, but that guy's able to bring so much knowledge from something else into my shoot, which then latches onto me and latches onto my crew and then latches onto the PA that I can remember being that same kid talking about like working at that production company in New York, where now all that knowledge is going to that guy. There's just so much knowledge going around and it's so cool to see this and to still keep yourself grounded knowing I'm going at my own pace. Yeah. I'll get where I want to go when I get there. That makes so much sense. That's a great way to put it. You know, the way you've handled it is probably one of the best mindsets to have. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, is like more so now than ever we have seen, incredible stuff being created in places that we wouldn't have thought before. Yeah. Like I know of amazing production companies, like commercial production companies out of New Mexico and out of Oklahoma and Western Louisiana and Georgia and central Florida and like Washington state. And you're seeing this now where you're getting like so many great places of all these like incredible creators that are creating stories that wouldn't have made sense if you were from a Los Angeles or a New York, Yeah. you know, and that's, and that's something really cool to see. Okay, so when you got out to LA, what was your mm-hmm. first big gig that kind of pushed forward your career as a freelancer? I, I was lucky. So working in commercial a lot, my work is travel-based. Yeah. So not so much of what I get to do is based in Los Angeles, uh, which is nice. So when I first got out here, this must have been uh, 2018 or so, I had already been working a lot in New York before. So I already had a bit of a name and was, you know, starting to get some things, you know, under my belt and have some campaigns here and there. So when I came out here, it wasn't so much that I was having to fish around in Los Angeles. I got to use Los Angeles and become more of like a, a West Coast kind of representative for myself, which was something that I wanted to do. So I would say like one of the first campaigns I really started to do when I was out here was a piece for K Jewelers. Okay. 
So it was a short form campaign with K Jewelers. It was, a, I think, two or three episodes that we shot with a couple of NFL Hall of Fame recipients. And that was probably the first thing. And then from there, it kind of, you know, kept progressing and, and rolling along. And then, you know, more and more stuff started to pop up in LA itself. Is word of mouth as a freelancer as important as it seems when it comes to getting more jobs? You have one client and they are very happy with the work that you did. Is the next job you get more likely to come from that client referring you to someone else or your own personal, you know, persistent outreach? So I obviously can only speak for myself in this situation. I would say that with me, it's been a word of mouth thing. Crazy enough, I can trace back almost every single job I've had to my first internship I had in New York. Really? To this day. To this day, I can contract trace almost every single job and just daisy chain it all the way back to my first internship. It's wild. It's, and I don't think that that happens for many people. <laughs> it's, it's very strange. It's all about just cultivating those kind of relationships for me. I've never been a good, like coming back to that thing about saying like, I would much rather like create a video than have to write a five page essay in high school. I'm yeah. the same thing with this. I would much rather have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with someone than just cold email people, which I have done. And yeah. sometimes it works more often than not, it doesn't. But the thing is, is that cultivating those relationships and building on them over time, I have found to be incredibly important. I can say of a lot of the work I've got over the past two years alone started from getting coffee with a friend that I hadn't seen in a couple of years, which then just kind of stretched and then blossomed into, you know, several campaigns here and there. And especially in the commercial world, we are working to strike an emotional connection with a viewer yeah. in a really short amount of time. You've got 30, 60, 90 seconds, sometimes even just 15 to just strike a chord with one person on the other side of that screen. So I just find it so important that if we're working in this industry that's all about communication and connection, then we as the people that are involved in it should strive to have really good communication and connection with the people we work with. Whether it's being on set, whether it's the crews you're working with, whether it's the client, whether it's the production company, whether it's the agency, it's all about just cultivating this. And, and it takes time. Mm -hmm. There might be a set that you walk off that you think, oh man, I don't know, I don't know if they liked me, I don't, things kind of worked out weird. And a month later, you could get an email from them saying, hey, we loved working with you on the shoot. We've got a, we've got a three episode campaign that we want to do with you. Would you want to jump on board? We'll have a production call tomorrow. And that's just how it is. And it's, it's all about just cultivating that kind of like relationship with people. The, the other thing to think about it real quick is, is I obviously don't go, I didn't go into that coffee meeting with a friend being like, man, what, what can I get out of this guy today? Like, uh -huh. no, I went to go have a conversation with this guy, strike his brain. He's another shooter, a fantastic shooter. And it was just talking with him about how he's been doing, what kind of work he's been doing. And then we just jump into talking about cameras and work and life and done. And then from that and just striking that chord with someone else, it was just being like, oh, I can trust this guy. You know, it worked out because it was a campaign that he couldn't shoot. So they called me in and then it just set on its way like that. That's awesome. I mean, that worked out awesome for you. It and, worked out great. And the fact that you didn't go into it with this intention of getting work out of it and, you know, having this ulterior motive probably made him all the more eager to see how he can help you out in whatever way. Just because, yeah. okay, so some of the commercial clients you've worked for include mm -hmm. Neiman Marcus, Callaway Golf, Crown Royale, Adidas, San Pellegrino. Uh, I want to touch on the athletic part of your commercial work because sure. I find it really interesting. And I also really loved the work 
that you've done with Adidas recently for their Players Tribune. There was two mm -hmm. shorts that I found on your portfolio. One was called Conversations with My Daughter with Candace Parker, who's an Olympic WNBA player. And then mm -hmm. also um, What's Been on My Mind with Utah Jazz's guard Donovan Mitchell, I think is his last mm -hmm. name. Yeah. Um, so both topics, I think the reason they stood out to me is that both of them included topics that were really focused on kind of what's happening in the US, not only right now, but over long periods of time and, you know, regarding race and just diversity within our country. I want to know what your experience was working with those two athletes um, in mm -hmm. such a personal way. And, you know, you weren't just shooting them laying up hoops or dribbling down the court, like you were really getting into their story. And mm -hmm. So a lot of my sports work comes through a company called the Players Tribune, which was a company started by Derek Jeter about 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like a, a news a sports media company that the players themselves had a lot of emphasis on what got to be said, and which is really cool. So at the end of every single written or video or audio piece, the, the athletes themselves have the final check. They can say, I don't like the way this is, this is talked about. I don't like this. They're, they're the executive producer of their own story, which is right. You know, it's about time, you know, that these people finally get to kind of narrate their own story which is very important for them because they're constantly in the media. So this campaign was a really cool collaboration with Adidas. And what they wanted to do is called a, it's Ready for Sport or Ready for Change. There's two different names with it. Those two pieces, we shot them over the past two months. So it was also just an entirely different way of creating in a COVID era. So it was really interesting because Donovan himself was one of the first NBA players to be diagnosed with COVID-19 as well. So it was a really interesting dynamic to figure this out. Shooting and working with the two of them, and, and I've gotten the chance to work with a, with a ton of high-profile athletes, and obviously they're all different. Yeah. You know, there's all different kinds of egos. But what was so great about this campaign is that, especially with these two, they were incredibly humble and wanting to have this conversation. And that, that makes my job as a DP so much better when you can tell that the athletes that are in the talent that you're working with is so interested in the thing that they want to talk about. Because you know, they're so well-versed in media. They're so well-versed in cameras. They're so well-versed in the stuff that sometimes you don't have to tell them anything what to do. And they're just kind of like, oh yeah, no, I know where the camera is. And they do these looks and you're just like, that was it. That was the great yeah. there. Okay, we're good. We're moving on. You know, and it's always a great thing to have when you're working with that kind of talent. But at the same time, you know, you're, you're also trying to paint a story here. And especially with like with Candace's piece, it was so great because she she really opened up about what it was like to be her, you know, as, as an athlete and as a black woman in this time. And it was such like an eye opening and, and beautiful experience to be a part of that. Yeah. Do you enjoy working with athletes and industry leaders versus some of your other commercial clients? It's, you know, I, I've always loved sport in general ever yeah. since I was a kid. So it's pretty cool to be a part of it. Like, uh, like for Neiman Marcus, there was one where we shot a conversation between CJ McCollum from the uh, Portland Trailblazers and then Scotty Pippen from the Chicago Bulls. And to, to be like in Scotty Pippen's presence, like, yeah. <laughs> you, right, you grow up knowing like, wow, you, you're a six-time NBA champion. You're one of like the greatest NBA players to ever play. Like, always known as the best like second man on a team of all time. To work with someone like that, it's such a cool experience. But at the same time, like working on other projects like Sam Pellegrino was a really cool campaign for the James Beard Awards where we were, we went around the country and we interviewed the five finalists for the rising star. So these were people that if you're, if you're Scottie Pippins are here, these people were still down here and they were working on that upward trajectory. 
but they were interviewed with their mentor, you know, either another chef, a teacher, uh, you know, a parent or someone like that, that had just pushed them to these levels. And that was such a cool experience because you got to see two levels of what it was like to be in your career in these single interviews, which was just really fantastic to be a part of. So it's, it's kind of hard to say like which one I would prefer more because I'm getting so much out of all these kinds of conversations. So we've talked a lot about your DP and cinematography work, but I want to shift gears a little bit to talk about your photography. So first of all, you keep those separate on social media. Why do you do that? I'm intrigued to know because I didn't even find your photography page. I found your DP page. And then you're like, wait, I have this whole other page though. And I was like, how did I miss this? Why are they separate? (laughs) So social media and me, it's always been a fight. I've never understood what Instagram is supposed to be. Is it personal? Is it a marketplace? Is it a portfolio page? And it's kind of everything at the same time, which makes it even more confusing. So it's always been tough for me to kind of figure it out. The photography page, I've just always loved shooting. I've just always loved shooting landscapes and stark places. And it's kind of just like my thing. Mm -hmm. And that was that page. And then I would realize that anytime I would kind of post anything that was about my actual DP work, the traction wasn't there. People kind of just are like, ah, this is, I want to look at mountains. I don't want to look at like an athlete, like go away. So I kind of had to like separate in my mind that I, as an online personality, am am two different people, right? You know, there is this one side that is shooting these campaigns for brands. And there's this other side that's like going to Iceland and and shooting a glacier kind of thing, you know, but it it, it is a weird thing. Yeah. And it's like, it's it's a pain in the butt. I'm sitting there on Instagram going between different pages and like trying to type out different things. And I've got all these things and it's not working and it's just throwing the phone and it's frustrating. So what do you find in photography that you think you might be missing when you're shooting motion? That's That's a great question. Um, I don't know. I think what's, what's great about doing commercial work is, especially with a lot of the sports stuff I get to do, is I have a lot of freedom in it, but I'm, I'm contained within this freedom. I know there's a place. I know there's an athlete. I know there's a, an objective, but I still get a lot of freedom in what I want to do and what I want to shoot there, which is great. But at the end of the day, it, it's, it's still just a job for me. I still... I shoot these campaigns as much as I enjoy them. I get to shoot these beautiful images and it's really, it's a fun experience, but you know, there's a part of me that just loves like sitting in the cold, you know, just like shooting the same still over and over again, changing exposures kind of thing, just like in silence as the wind is just blowing against my face. And it's sadly, I can't replicate those two right now as much as I would love to just like take an athlete and then put him on a mountain and then we could just (laughs) do this together. I think that would be super cool, but I'm not there yet. Yeah, We're we're working on it. We're working on it. But but yeah, so I think there's just like this divide in maybe it's like a split personality thing on the, on the two things I love to do that don't have this kind of hybrid right now in my career. And maybe at some point they will. Yeah. You need to get a collab between Patagonia and the NBA. Then That's the it. That's the dream. <laughs> <laughs> so I noticed on your portfolio that you have gotten a ton of awards for your photo work as well. And A lot of them have even been like some international recognition, uh, which is awesome. Congrats on that. Your photography work is a beautiful gallery, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, Once I did finally find it, I was like, wait, this is amazing. (laughs) Do you think you want to be known more as this amazing still photographer or as the cinematographer? Both is an answer as well. (laughs) And I got to put you on the spot there, but. Man, that's great. It's. It's, it's a little bit of both and neither, I guess, at okay. the same time. 
I, I, I love doing both of them. Mm -hmm. I, I really do. You know, there are times where I wish the DP work was more fulfilling. And then there's times where I wish the photo work was more fulfilling. And then there's times where I know how fulfilling they both are. When I get to a place where I can say like, oh, my career is done. I guess I would want to say that both of them brought a sense of enjoyment and happiness to people, either if it's in the form of a book or if it's in a commercial or if it's a video or a documentary or something, something that people could take away from and be like, this is something that I love. Yeah. Um, well, I hope it's both. I think it'll be both. Uh, okay, so my last question is, if someone was kind of looking to get the right steps in the right direction towards their future career, would you recommend trying to find a production company to work for first? Or do you think that, you know, maybe your situation was abnormal and you got really lucky and it was enjoyable, but it's not as common? I think, I think there's a couple of ways that this can go. I know that my situation was odd. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that I can trace everything back to, to, to one job after, you know, seven, eight years is silly. It depends on what you want to do and how you, and how you think you want to get there kind of thing. I, I know people that never had a job in a production company and they're doing great. And I know people like myself that did have a job at a production company and we're doing okay, you yeah. know? And it, it kind of all depends on what's around you. The way things turned out for me that I was lucky enough that I could move to New York City and was able to float myself and, and, and get through there and get these jobs when I could, when I was there as an intern. Not everyone gets that same kind of opportunity. And sometimes you can't leave your Macon, Georgias to go to a Brooklyn or a Los Angeles. That just isn't possible. So it, sometimes it really depends on what you have around you. One of the big things that everyone always says, and, and this I can only speak to for, for other shooters out there and other shooters that are watching, is keep learning to shoot. But with that, when you start to get a couple of, you know, you, you've shot a couple things here and there maybe, or, or you're still, maybe you've got two things you've shot or three things you've shot, and someone comes to you with a project that they want to shoot and you're not feeling it, you don't have to feel inclined to do it. I, I, think, that that's, I think that's a big misnomer that we have in this industry especially when you're starting out where people are just like to shoot everything. It doesn't matter if it's good, it's bad, it's whatever. No, if, if I walk away from a project and I don't like the way it looks, I'm not going to show that to anyone. I yeah. don't think I got anything good out of that. Why would I want to show that to people? Like I did the thing they have it, that's theirs. Yeah. I don't want it, you know? And I, and now it feels like almost like that was a waste of time for me. You know, there are projects that I shot when I first started out, when I was working in New York and I had a 5D Mark II shooting videos and I would walk out of there and be like, Oh, that sucked. <laughs> why did I do that you know I didn't take away anything from that you know but that's that's okay there can be times in your career where you're starting out and someone sends you this thing and like hey we got 600 bucks and we can do this and then you kind of sit there and you weigh like well 600 bucks worth my time for this thing and then I'm gonna walk out of it and I've got a project I didn't really like and then it's just kind of like if you're not feeling it just say no and it's okay and it's okay and you'll and you'll get there eventually and then someone else you'll never know like you can't know the future. There's so many times in my life where I have said no to a job and I'm like, I don't know, next time I'm gonna get a job. And then the next day an email comes in and they're like, hey, we wanna do this. And you're just like, that was the yes. one. Yes. And I couldn't have said yes to this if I had said yes to the one yesterday. So yeah. even if you're like in these small towns, there's production companies everywhere, you know, and there's, and there's also production companies nowhere. Yeah. So you sometimes just have to find it on your own and that's great. And you can go out there and you can shoot and you can master your skill, you know, and really, really just hunker down and learn this stuff. If I had to say like, oh, should you pick a production company or not? It depends on what you want to do. I thought that that was the right thing for me. 
I thought that if I was working at a production company as an intern, something could happen. I didn't know. I thought that that was what I was supposed to do. And then they would be like, hey, you're working Monday through Thursday. By the way, we have a shoot on Saturday. We can, we can pay you to PA on the shoot. And it was like, yeah, that's it. And then I sit on set and then you're learning all this stuff and you're just like, oh, wow, I'm gaining all this knowledge from a thing that was outside of the internship, you know, and it's and it just works like that. But there's people all over this country and all over the world that, you know, are in places where there aren't your, you know, your Wyden Kennedy agencies or your Players Tribunes or your Adidas or, you know, that they don't exist in other places, but you can go and create and you can make a name for yourself. And it's totally possible. That's a great comment to end on. I am so excited. That was perfect advice. That was awesome. All right. Well, that concludes our interview. Conrad, thank you so much for joining me today. I know everyone is going to love all the insight you had to share. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. Yeah. Awesome. Well, all right. Bye, guys.